God's Little Brown Church Sermon Series featuring Pastor Andrew Chrysler. Well, we'll welcome everybody online because it's Jerry and I today. <laughs> um, well, Andrew and Dave. You can't get the word between us. <laughs> That's right, we're three. Where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst of them. That's right, Jerry. He's with us no matter what. We felt his presence here in our worship and our time of prayer. No matter what the I mean the messages are always for myself, but it's something that uh both Jerry and I will, will receive what Lord has, and we hope that everybody online will receive it also. Um I say last week, Andrew preached to follow Jesus. So coming to this week, it's like, um, well, how can we follow Jesus if we don't know who He is? So I figured I'd, I'd spend the day going through who Jesus is. So, Jerry, you don't have any plans this afternoon, right? We're just going to stay here and just continue to talk about who Jesus is, and we'll, we're going to cover it all today, all right? <laughs> there we go. So, so, Jesus is the light of the world. In John 8.12, it says, Jesus spoke to them again and said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. You know, as we were praying, we're praying about the darkness that our nation, our world, is very dark. And that we need the light of Jesus so that we can see the truth, so we can understand the truth. Without the light of Jesus, we would lose our way. It says, Jesus is the Good Shepherd. In John 10.11, says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus is our protector. When you think about the, the shepherd, and adds, you know, how would he lose his life for the sheep? It's only by defending the sheep. As, as David said, you know, he fought the bear and he fought the lion. He put his life in danger to protect the sheep. And that's what Jesus does in our lives. He protects us and he, he steps in when the enemy comes against us. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus talk, talking with Martha in John 11.25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me Though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. He said, do you believe this? Again, as we were talking about in the time of prayer, that you know, it's, it's through Jesus being with us that we have life. <clears throat> and no matter... We were talking about the um, the gentleman that was on the I am second uh, broadcast on yesterday after the the men's breakfast. I was listening to it, and he said, "God knew us from eternity past. 
We were before we ever existed, we were on God's mind. God knew us and formed us in our mother's womb, so we were with him throughout that time, and Jesus is with us throughout our lives. It isn't until eternity that we would could ever possibly not be in the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus. And that's what he's saying here. Whoever believes shall never die. We'll never be out of the presence of God. Jesus goes on, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. While Jesus was trying to comfort His disciples before His death, Thomas said to Him, Lord, we do not know where You are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. Again, this shows the importance of last week's message to follow. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We have no hope if we do not follow Jesus. <clears throat> now, I was joking a little earlier with Jerry, the fact that there's no way that I could possibly tell everything that there is to know about Jesus in this time that we have this morning. So, what I would like to show is in John 6.48, I think we have the key to knowing Jesus. <clears throat> he says in John 6.48, I am the bread of life. And that is what I'd like to focus on today, is the fact that Jesus is the bread of life. So to start off in John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And then it goes on in one fourteen, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word, the translation of the Word is Logos which basically means the expression of a thought. So Logos can be thought as thought of as the total message of God to man. Jesus embodies that total message, and that's why He is called the Logos, or the Word of God. In John chapter 5, it, it talks about a situation at the pool of Bethesda. <clears throat> the pool of Bethesda was a place where the sick and the lame, the blind, anyone that needed healing would go because an angel would come at a certain time and would stir the water and the first person that would get into the, the pool would receive the healing, the deliverance that they needed or wanted. And there was a man there that had been there for 38 years and Jesus came up to him and says, do you want to be made well? And he replies, says, I have no one to help me to get me into that pool that I would receive what I need. 
But Jesus commanded him at that point in time and says, take up your bed and walk. So he did this on the Sabbath. And the man took up his bed and walked and was heading home. And the Jews saw him and said, told him, it's not lawful for you to take care of your bed on the Sabbath. But he says, well, the one who healed me told me to take up my bed and walk. It's like, what am I going to do? So they asked him, well, who told you this? Who did this? Who healed you? But he didn't know who Jesus was, and Jesus wasn't there with him at that time. But afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. At that point, he understood who Jesus was and, and what he had told him. So he went back to the Jews and told them that it was Jesus that healed me. And it is for this reason that the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But later, talking with the Jews, Jesus told them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. And at that point, the Jews wanted to kill him all the more, because not only did he heal on the Sabbath, not only did he command somebody to work on the Sabbath, but he also made himself equal to God. In verses uh, 19 through 38 in that chapter, Jesus expounds to the Jews and expresses his equality with God in power. He talks about his equality with God in authority. He talks about the witness that John the Baptist had about him, the witness of the works that he does, and the witness of the Father. And then in verse 39, the witness of the Scripture. And he says, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. The Jews, the teachers, the children of Israel, they would search the Scriptures because that they thought that that would tell them what they should do and should not do to have eternal life. They would strive to, to follow every single little law. It was always, you know, where Jesus told them, you tithe mint and rue, but you leave the weightier things of the heart undone. They tried to follow the, the law to the, to the minute issue, but they, they missed what there really was. You know, I thought in times past it's it would be easier just to have a list of do's and don'ts, a little checklist. You go down and do do what's right, don't do what's wrong. You know, instead of trying to follow the precepts as as Jesus taught um, to love God and love your neighbor. What does that mean? What does it mean? You know, it's easier to check off. Okay, yeah, I love him. You know. Um, So the Word of God is not a set of rules and regulations that we can follow. Not that the children of Israel could follow the the rules that they had anyways. But he continues and he says, The Scriptures, and these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I have come... Oh, I do not receive honor from men... 
But I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who received honor, who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from God? The world honors and listens to people who have power, wealth, and fame. And they mock the people that stand for Jesus proclaiming the truth. But Jesus continued and said, Do not think that I'm going to accuse you to the Father. There's one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. If you do not believe his writing, how will you believe my words? If we read the Scriptures with the same mindset that they did, that they tell us the do's and don'ts for our lives, we'll miss the main point. I'd like to talk, read this section of Scripture this time in detail. The, it's one of my favorite accounts in the Bible. It's where Christ appears on the road to Emmaus. So it's in Luke 24, starting in verse 13. It says, Now behold, two of them were traveling at that same day to the village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus Himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know Him. And He said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have one with another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to Him, are you only a stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. And how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was He who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find His body, they came saying that he had, they had seen a vision of angels who said He was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all the prophets, what all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into eternity, into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the Scriptures, the things concerning Himself. And then they drew near to the village where they were going, and He indeed indicated that He would have gone further. But they constrained Him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And He went in to stay with them. 
Now it came to pass, as he sat on the table at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while we taught while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? Now I wish Luke had recorded that entire conversation of Jesus expounding the Scriptures to them. But I looked up and I I don't know when Jesus joined them on their journey to Emmaus, but a seven-mile walk at a casual pace is about two hours and twenty minutes. So anywhere from... Two hours and twenty minutes to wherever he met, an hour long. Jesus is talking about all of the scriptures, all of the prophets, everything that Moses wrote, all the things concerning himself. I think that's what Paul was probably trying to do when he preached all night and the young man fell out of the window and died. He tried to tell everything that all the scriptures are talking about. And that's why I said earlier, that's not what I'm going to try to do today. <laughs> because John said at the end of his gospel he does note the fact that if everything was were written one by one he says I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written and that brings us back to John 6.48 where he said I am the bread of life So John 6.48 says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread, speaking of the bread of life, which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. He says, I am the bread, the living bread, which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Jesus went on to tell them and describe the fact that they needed to eat His flesh and drink of His blood in order to have life. And this was a very difficult thing for the Jewish people, the the disciples to hear. And he continues in John chapter 6 and verse 66. He says, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is the living bread. Jesus' flesh or bread is the bread that we must consume. The bread that we must consume is the Word of God. We need to look into all Scriptures to learn about Jesus. 
It's the only place that we're going to be able to find everything that we need to know in order to follow Jesus with understanding. And I can't remember if it was Ben Franklin or Mark Twain, but he said, it's not the Scriptures that I don't understand that cause me a problem, but it's the Scriptures that I do understand. And as we read and discuss the Scriptures, do our hearts burn within us with, with excitement, with desire to know and understand Jesus more? And do we have the same attitude as Simon Peter, our Lord, where he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And do we also, as, as Simon Peter, do we, have we come to believe and know that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God? There are Scriptures that are difficult to understand. There are Scriptures that will cause us to, to question, to, to think. But do we have the attitude that no matter what we come across, no matter how difficult the understanding would be, that there's no other place to go. Only Jesus Christ has the words of eternal life. Are we so steadfast that if we have an understanding or something that we think we understand, and we come across a Scripture that seems to contradict or, or actually correct us in our understanding... Are we going to be so stubborn as to hold to what we believe? Or are we going to take what the Word of God says and admit the fact that, okay, I had it wrong. But the Word of God is the one that has the truth. It is the Word of Jesus Christ that gives us the truth and understanding. So the key to really know who Jesus Christ is, is all of Scripture. And through that, we must daily, continually read the Scriptures on our own, discuss the Scriptures with one another, that we could strengthen one another, encourage one another, and help one another to understand who Jesus Christ really is and how do we follow Him. Lord, we ask that You will lead us in this journey as we strive and desire to, to live for You, to understand You, to follow You, to follow You into eternity, eternity of joy, eternity of peace, eternity in Your holy presence. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You have delivered Your Word to us, that we would be able to know who You are. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit glbcdt.org.